Hello, everyone, and welcome to the User Guide to Humans podcast. I'm Erica Renstrom, and I'm here with Katie Eden Todd. Hello, everyone. Lovely to have you with us again. Yeah, thanks everyone for being here. I hope you enjoyed the last episode, which was Feminine Parenting Masculine. I know um, we both were a bit contracted after recording that particular episode, weren't we? We totally were, which I just love. And and we both, after these podcasts, there can be terrible nights of no sleep. I was absolutely convinced, as every dominant or primary masculine will know, is I was too much, I was too hard people are going to just go write me off because of what I said and you went into oh well I shared I shared (laughs) childhood stories and neutral perspectives from quite a vulnerable place and obviously I'd overshared and I was really tempted to tell our tech person to can you cut out everything (laughs) that is so funny Erica because I was telling my daughter Eden about this that you said that and she said, oh, because she's primary neutral. What did she share? You know, straight away I want to know. And I said, oh, something when she was three. She goes, when she was three? That's nothing. If you told us that you'd done something in the last month and then we're interested, then you can be a bit a bit um, shy about it. But when you're three, it's fine, darling. Childhood stories are fine. So we were both brave and uh, we went and we put the podcast out. We've actually had some really fabulous feedback from people who are dominant feminines who have dominant masculine children, and they just found the guidance helpful. It's very important. I think a lot of professional help out there, often the people giving the professional help are primary masculine, are primary neutrals, mm-hmm. and potentially without masculine. And so there's a way of parenting that is this ideal, it's calm, it's logical, it's rational, you talk things through, and but there's no masculine there. And that leaves those with strong masculine feeling like their energies are wrong and rejected, Mm. not okay. And so that's why I felt vulnerable sharing about this. I know it works because I've done it with hundreds of people. I know it works. It worked in my parenting of my children and it worked definitely for so many clients within two or three weeks. But it's not the popular view right now, Mm -hmm. Erica, to, to match this. But masculines have to be met with the masculine at that strength so that they know their energies are okay because they are we just got to teach them how to move from the shadow side to the light side absolutely both for literal adults and literal children there we go which is some of the feedback we actually got we had one lovely um community member ask can we do the reverse please can we talk about dominant masculine parenting of dominant feminine children so we're talking about the reverse now yeah. and and we had we had quite a bit of interest around this we did we did uh, it is fascinating because the dominant masculine well let's say where we can get it wrong for starters um, as parents go dominant masculines are very opinionated it's their way of the highway they don't mind conflict we'll fight we'll argue we'll debate you will do what i say And you can see how that style of parenting did exist way back when, a lot, Erica, where children are to be uh, not seen and not heard, you know, and they just obey. That can be the fallback position that a masculine can go into in any sort of relationships, but in parenting. And what a dominant masculine 
parent has got to take in mind. I wish I knew this when my kids were younger. But a dominant feminine or a dominant neutral, they'll literally flight or freeze with that loudness, that aggression. It doesn't feel like we're yelling or being aggressive necessarily. The dominant masculine, it's like I've raised my voice. I know that, but if you want to see me yell, <laughs> it's a lot bigger than this. But for a neutral who likes quiet and likes it calm and that is too much and immediately a shutdown happens for the dominant feminine, it feels extraordinarily threatening and intimidating and, and they'll fly and there'll be a flight. Like they, it's like they almost leave their body. They're not present. They're ungrounded. And then whatever it is that the dominant masculine is yelling, they can't hear it or retain it. Then they get into more trouble because they're not doing what they're told, but that's because they were so frozen or so frightened or so out of themselves. They can't hold the information and they're just in a, in a threatened situation of survival right now. So masculine parents, we do not want to be this dark authoritarian person who's doing this. When you're talking with, let's say, a dominant feminine, there has to be a lot of patience there has to be a lot of kindness and that's not our natural go-to is it Erica like patience is not something that masculines are known for you've got a second so you'll relate to me yes yes absolutely absolutely 100% and you know masculines we do want things done quickly and now and yep. you know we, we raise our voices but we also use our values when we parent to push our children into doing things that we think is good for them so we, we base that on our values. For example, a dominant masculine will often encourage a child to take leadership positions, to sign up for difficult sports, to, to really push themselves out of their comfort zones. And, and I think this is well worth being aware of because there are personas that really don't like being pushed like that. And it's not a rejection of you as a parent. It's simply that that child doesn't, doesn't align with that kind of leadership with those kinds of roles. That's a fabulous point. It's like, you know, whether it's physical, do they really push yourself physically, which is one side of the masculine. Mm. Um, and if you're not interested in that and that doesn't excite you, for you as a parent, maybe that is just the most fun you can have and you find it relieves a lot of tension and it's just so pleasurable and it just brings such a lot of joy to your life. For a child who doesn't have that, they're not interested. Your job as a parent is to recognise this is not them and you're not here to toughen them up. You're not here to make them harder, more competitive, fight more, though the old-fashioned way of parenting could have been that way. The other style of dominant masculine, which would have been more mine, was to take leadership positions. You're absolutely right there, Erica. To be ambitious, hmm. to win, to go for it, to, to aim for the top, to show yourself, to prove yourself. And so a dominant masculine can be terribly projecting their ambitions and and their love of that they love doing that it's like it's fun for me to go to do that path or it was as I was growing up I loved it for my siblings not so they didn't have that so that felt like an enormous burden and one where they were being set up to fail and it wasn't them at all so your dominant little feminine here might not want to be in, in a, a tutoring thing that's going to push them to be better here or better there they might might want to go to art class they might want to go horse riding or they might want to just do a bit of music or they like just they were a daydreamer and they want to do those things. It's recognising their strengths and their different styles. The neutrals will never respond 
to loud, angry arguments. It's like if you want to get through to a neutral dominant masculine, and I know we're going a little bit further here, but a loud argument is not going to sway a neutral. They need to be convinced from the merits of the argument. Is that so, Erica? Oh, absolutely. If 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 someone is what I would say out of control, if they're raising their voice or if they're overly passionate, I will write them off as having no logical grounds whatsoever to tell me to do anything because yeah. they're, they're not in control of themselves in, in a neutral sense. And it's it's a shame, really, because neutrals could use a little bit more passion and, and excitement, but you have to you have to present it the right way. You have to make it so that it's very, very organized and step-by-step, step, very clear as to why this might be a really good thing to do when, um, you know, going out in sports. You, you really have to list it. And your strengths are this. And do you think you might like to try this next year? And you could try it for term one. And if it doesn't work, then that's okay. You sort of have to give them a little bit of an out as well so that, if they don't like it or if they fail, that's fine too. So it's that's a great point because I have primary neutral to primary neutral children and they will freeze and distance themselves and just shut down and they'll refuse to engage. So if I'm pushing hard as a masculine parent, which I did at times for things that were not what aligned to them at all, Erica, then there's a refusal to partake. They're not it doesn't work. You can't bully, bulldoze and intimidate masculines. And we need to know that that's when we get it wrong. We need extraordinary patience with the feminines and we need to be extraordinarily logical with the neutrals, step by step. They don't like trying new things and getting out of their depth. They've got to have a good reason why, a good motivation. And it could be interesting and you could learn more and it helps to experience this and you might like it, you might not, but we want to be able to be brave at new things because in life you don't know what the thing will be that sets you on fire and gets you excited so it's good as you're growing up let's just try these things you come to me with what you'd like to try but the masculine will think they know best for their children and you should do this and I'm telling you to do this and I want you to go for this and why didn't you get that that top mark here and why you should this is the worst version of course this just won't nourish your children it's going to make them feel like they're disappointing you they can't live up to that they can't magically have this ambition inside of them. They can't have this this quest to be the top dog. If it's not there, it's not there, is it, Erica? Like it's just not there. And the feminine will then try and please the parent but can be cowered by that parent. We're setting them up down the road to not be able to integrate their own masculine and then to seek a dominant masculine partner because mm. they've got a, a gap with us that didn't work. We don't want that the philosophy of the mfn work is very strongly that we can't be looking for others to fill our holes so a feminine neutral which is very common child has to find some of their masculine and what the dominant masculine parents got to do is we've got to give them endless practice at making little decisions for themselves mm. what would you like to do oh, i don't know what would you like i don't know do you want to do that? I don't know. It's like Sharon had a Kath and Kim. I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> That's why I don't know if you've seen Kath and Kim, but it's very important viewing, Erica. It's very important. <laughs> so it's Sharon going, I don't know. I don't know. So they don't know anything. So what we've got to do with our dominant feminines, if we've got to get them to trust a little bit more their capacity to make their own decisions, it goes against the grain for them. Just because it's natural for us doesn't make us 
better. We are then lacking in either the feminine or neutral, and that's what we've got to work on. But the guidance from the dominant masculine is, now I'd like you to choose, and either way will be fine. You make it really safe. You'd like Chinese or you'd like Thai. How about you choose for us tonight? I'll tell you what, they'll have a complete conniption. Mm. But let's just try it and we'll go, yay, you made, you've decided for us. Thank you. That's great because it's so not where they've come from. Learning to trust, well, what do you think? And not just coming in. It's really easy, Erica, for dominant masculines to come in and when a child can't decide and can't voice their own opinion just to take over because we mm. can't wait and we're frustrated and come on, I need to know. Well, we'll just do that then. And they go, okay, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's not great parenting, is it, of a dominant feminine? No, no, it's not. And and bulldozing is a is a trait I have with my masculine and second. And that's yeah. something I really have to watch. But I'd like to I'd like to ask about, you know, how we have a, a dominant relating styles, so in this case masculine. I think for masculine, your second plays a really important role, especially when it comes to parenting and, and relationships, because if you have missing feminine, so you have masculine and neutral and no feminine, you will parent very uh, a certain way. Yeah. If, you, if you're missing neutral and you're an MF like you are, Katie, you will parent quite a different way. So. So can you give us sort of the, the two different combinations of masculines, MN and MF? Ah, that's so interesting. They're very, very, very different. Um, so as an MF, I am, I'm fine with emotion. Yes. I feel things passionately. I can be angry. I'm passionate. Do what you love. Go for it. All of that. And then my feminine can come in now, remembering that when we're in child as adults, I'm only a masculine. We don't touch our second or third when we're a child. But if I'm being a better parent, and I can tell you what, even though my kids are all adults now, I've learned to bring in far more feminine. It's made me a way better parent. But when I was struggling in different years, then the dark masculine was definitely present. As I say, I would have loved to have known this information back then. You do the best you can with what you know. The feminine comes in and there's more kindness with the there's gentleness that comes in. So I can be very, very strong and very encouraging and supportive and enthusiastic and go for this and go for that. But I, I realise it doesn't work with either the neutrals or the feminines because they're not wired that way. That's my thing. That's, that's me. It doesn't work. Then the feminine can come in and in the dark in my feminine, I could be a bit too allowing, um, a little bit too enabling of, oh, well, it doesn't matter then and just come into kindness and, that's fine, although it does bring a lot of warmth when there's been crisis, when there's been pain, whatever. I'm very comfortable with that. And I'm not going to be the stickler for, well, I said this, so you do this and that's the rule. That's more of the MN role because the feminine is last. So there's no place for sentimentality, for tears, for emotion. And there's a double whammy drive of expectation of what I expect from you to achieve and you disappoint me if you don't go there and this is right and that's wrong and you didn't do this, so therefore the consequences of this is it can be a more punishing relationship in child, I think, Erica, the MN, because they are they're mega high achievers themselves. Mm -hmm. So if they have children who are not wired that way, they will be a completely bewildered by this and their children will just know there's no way, even if I try and do everything that they're asking of me, I can't be this. I, I'm just not this because 
you can only keep going and sustain what is naturally how you're born to be. So I have to work hard to bring that feminine in and the neutral, oh my God, I have to work exceptionally hard to bring that in. It's not natural. So if an MN parent is asking a child to become more MN and they're an FN or an NF, it doesn't work. And the child will feel very rejected and not good enough then very likely to choose that sort of a person as their partner and then, again, feel like they disappoint the partner and are not meeting expectations. The other thing I want to say is it's, and we have to really, really be responsible here. In any relationships, dominant masculines and dominant neutrals, but let's go dominant masculines, we can sense energetically a dominant feminine and it's so easy to bully them. Mm. It's really easy to raise our voice and intimidate and throw our weight around. We know they're not going to fight back. And it's almost when we're struggling, it's almost too tempting to be able to resist. I get this short fix of the roaring, the telling, da, da, da. Tell you what, we don't do it to other masculines nearly as quickly and even neutrals, maybe less so, but feminines, it can be unless we get we have a feminine um, dominant feminine child who has there's different styles of feminine there's different styles of masculine there's different styles of neutrals but if they've got the feisty screaming meltdown that comes would we be a bit more careful there but if they don't have that one it is it's really tempting and attractive and the world has been doing this to feminines forever I feel like as a parent we've really got to be aware of I could throw my weight around and really do some damage to this beautiful child I have before me here. Mm. I'm frustrated. I'm opinionated. I'm angry. I am impatient. I mean, what day aren't we, may I ask? And they are teaching us tolerance and kindness and humility, things we're not naturally good at, moderation. And we have to keep coming back and learning how to do things at their pace and learning to support them in slowly trusting their own intuition, their own decision-making, saying, I'd quite like to do this and not making a big thing about it and going, okay, that's good. Well, we can make that happen. Not being over the top, overly enthusiastic and complimentary because, oh, it's too much pressure. Mm. It's like, okay, we'll just make it happen. We like being spoken to like that. They don't. So tone it down so they feel safe and held and then it's going to be okay. I'm so proud of you for trying. Whatever the outcome, I just think you're brilliant. Well done. It, do you hear the tone of my voice, Erica? Mm. Whereas to another masculine, we go, that'd be fantastic. And we can go off and la da da da. Well, that's great with a masculine. Don't talk like that to neutrals. Don't talk like that to dominant feminines. Thoughts about that? Yeah, it actually made me think of something that, um, that might be a little bit triggering to some. But I read um, on one of the psychology blogs that I follow, and it was essentially. Uh, exactly what to do if you want your child to grow up to be a potential abuse victim and it's all wow. the things, yeah so it's all this all the things you need to make sure they carry with them in uh, from childhood and it is things like um, not talking back not standing up for yourself not feeling like they matter or feel like they deserve to be seen heard and validated um feeling like their feelings don't matter. So having often been minimized and yep. told to harden up and or shut up. Um, and unfortunately, this to me sounds a lot like what masculines and neutrals will do to feminines when we're in shadow. Yeah. Is we bulldoze them and tell them they don't matter and decide for them and make victims out of them, essentially. And, yes. and, and this is what 
this is what really uh, struck me when I read that list because that's the last thing we want for our kids, especially mm. our sweet feminine dominant children who just have the biggest hearts of all. Yeah. So in fact, we have a huge responsibility as neutrals and masculines to ensure that they they build up those adult skills and feminine of boundaries and speaking up for themselves and asking what they need and, you know, owning that they have a place just as big as all the other kids, even though they're louder and more dominant. Yes, that we show them respect. Mm. Otherwise, they will go to people who disrespect them because they disrespect themselves. We are modelling how they need to treat themselves. Now, they won't feel like their feelings matter or their opinions matter. They will naturally go into pleasing, into shutting down. And it just drives you mad trying to get them to learn to respect themselves, have boundaries, learn to say no, I don't want to. They think the world's going to end. It's going to fall in. They feel like they will be orphaned forever and they will keep doing the self-minimising talk as well. You'll hear a lot of, but I can't, it's too much. And you'll hear that wanting to opt out of taking responsibility for their lives or for their decisions, wanting someone to decide for them, be it their peers be it, well, the person at school said, I should do this subject, I don't really want to, but they said, so I said, okay, that's fine. You know, it can happen in all layers of life. And we're just going to have to gently over and over and over again, make it safe to have the conversation. Is that what you would like? Or do you like doing dot, dot, dot? Is that is that interest? Or do you like this and this? It's like you've got to give them the two alternatives or the few alternatives, Erica, because I can't tell you just off the bat, I really like that. Oh, I don't know. They'll do a Sharon stress living. I don't know. They will don't know because they don't stop and think about what they feel and what they want. They're so unconsciously anxious, just making sure they're fitting in and adapting to please and be like others. So you have to say, well, chemistry is this and you would do this and this and this and mass is this and history is that and, um, you know, media is this, that's those things. Which ones do, of those do you like? Oh, and then they're really timid. I quite think I quite like the media is quite interesting but it doesn't matter I'll do the other one and you go oh okay well maybe we'll think about doing that do you see how I'm not making it too scary you give them the options you can't look impatient Mm -hmm. because the minute they get frazzled well they don't know what they think and feel they get frazzled they're never gonna know and they're just going to go into stronger pleasing or panic behavior meltdown behavior I can't I'm really anxious I don't know what to do one of the most important things to teach dominant feminines are you are way more capable than you think you are and I'm not interested in your excuses Mm. you do know I'll wait here till next week you do know we are doing this you are capable of that no we're not doing this spinning out anxiety no we're not no you're not going to die today no that's not going to happen no you're worried about that okay Let's do a practical neutral solution, but we're not not buying into the teary melodramas that I can't, I'm so scared. I'm done. They can, this can be their armor for the rest of their lives. For us as parents, it's actually not okay to enable that. It's not that we don't hear the anxiety and meet it, we do. We do hold them, but we give them the strength and the resilience and the tactics. And let's go and practice it. We might practice that 15 times this year. I reckon you'll be great at it by the end of the year. Let's just give it a go. Wow, you did so well. I'm so proud of you. doesn't matter what the outcome is. It's just learning the process, isn't it, of not hiding in shadow feminine, I think, Erica. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because 
I can imagine there's some dominant masculine parents out there now thinking they can't be passionate and strong about their opinions, but there's a balance. So there's not, it's not bulldozing, but it's making sure that they live up to, you know, to their potential. So I have an example for you, actually, that's just came to mind. One of my children is a dominant feminine. He's a little boy and he, um, he had a friendship a couple of years ago that wasn't very good for him and he was very sad at night and he's really good at talking about his feelings but he didn't want to say anything negative about this friend even though this friend was essentially holding him ransom at schools at school so he was being sort of emotionally um, pressured to to spend every recess with this friend because they didn't want to be on their own but they were actually quite mean to him Mm -hmm. and he really struggled with the fact that I don't understand why they mean to me and still that I have to play with them all the time and I'm not allowed to play with my other friends. And I remember really struggling with this and, you know, I'm, I'm neutral masculine. So I immediately wanted to fix it. Um, but I knew I actually had to build up his self-confidence a little bit and to see himself as, you know, as equal to this person and, and to explain that what they were doing was actually not okay, that it was a form of bullying really. And, but this must come up for dominant feminine children, especially in teenage years with groups. Even earlier, it does. It does. And you just said something brilliant that the dominant feminines look for permission Mm -hmm. for everything. So they're looking for permission. I'm not allowed to play with someone else. You can tell a dominant feminine that and they believe it from kindy. You're not allowed to do that. The powerful person will come in and people, dominant masculines in particular, are attracted to dominant feminines because they know that they can bully them and boss them around and they can be the boss. And they expect them to be loyal and they expect them to do this, they expect them to do that. And it's almost, well, it's not almost, it's a test of they get walked over, walked over, walked over. So you get this is going to be a lot of your parenting is about social intelligence and emotional intelligence and pointing out to that they are equal and he is allowed to choose, does this who he wants to be within recess? No. Dominant feminines don't want to name or see other people's shadow. So he doesn't want to be disloyal and say, this friend has been mean to me, mum, because that feels like that's a terrible thing to do mm. and I should never say that. So I'll keep silence about that. And the consequences of which are the dominant feminines get walked over, they get bullied. They are the ones who are most often bullied learning that what would you like to do who do you want to spend time with and we teach them how to say I don't have to play with you every recess I do like to be with you but I don't have to play with you every recess I will play with you sometimes and what I've always taught my clients and this could be people in their 30s 40s 50s Erica, with this issue is instead of getting in an argument which the neutrals and the masculines actually relish you teach the dominant feminine to say it like a broken record. And that they'll come back in and go, no, 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 you have to, and you did this, and you said this, and that. They'll do their thing. And you go, I am allowed to choose who I play with at recess. I like you, and I'll play with you sometimes, but not all the time. And then they do it again, and then you say it again on the third time. That's the last time you say it, and then you go and play somewhere else. Now, expect some comeback, of course, and you teach your child to expect that, but you just show them. That was self-respect, self-respect lesson, well done, but done in a dignified way. And we're not responsible for the other child's reactivity, for their tantrums, for their bullying, but we're not putting up with it. 
and I'm going to teach you that. And you know what? I'd also say to that little one of yours, as you get bigger and stronger and older and understanding your own worth, you are such a beautiful soul. You see the worth of everyone. And when you see other people bullying others like that, you will be able to stand up and say, excuse me, they don't need your permission. Excuse me, you don't get to talk to them like that. Come with me. Mm. And dominant feminines are the great teachers of how to respect other people, but they only know how to do that if they've learned it for themselves. So a huge amount of parenting is teaching that self-respect and to find the words and when they first do it, they think the world will end. And when they learn it doesn't, the more times they do it, the stronger they get. And then they're extraordinary people. Hmm. Beautiful. Thank you for that. I think, I think a lot of people is gonna, are going to find this really, really helpful. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Because they're beautiful little souls, but they matter. Teach, treating themselves as equal is the lesson that they need. And us taking over all the time is not going to be the way no. to help them find their own worth. I think we'll finish there for today. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Erica. And thanks for your fantastic contributions. That was <laughs> wonderful. I just have to tell the neutral who's not used to receiving compliments. You were so on it today. Well done. Honestly, I, 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 I dread the day we're doing neutral parenting because <laughs> the pressure we put on ourselves to get it oh. right. Is and the, the books that we read and the instruction guides and the people we listen to in the podcasts and the psychologists, it's relentless. It is. The pressure for perfection is, is ridiculous. And so that's something we've got to break down. Maybe that'll be next time. You've just oh, opened my mouth. <laughs> we'll do it next time, people. Lovely to have you all with us. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.